Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time and range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. It's time for Rush Hour with Danny Burke, presented by Bet Rivers. What's happening, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome into another edition of Rush Hour, presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host, broadcasting live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook, per usual, right here in Des Plaines, Illinois, at the Rivers Casino tonight. Got a fun one planned for you, per usual. We'll be talking some baseball throughout the show. The Cubbies looking for a good performance tonight. Bounce back against the Giants. We'll see if we can do that, or if they can do that, rather. We can get some winning bets within that game. The White Sox looking to get another dub as well. And plenty more on the diamond. But not only baseball action do we have to look forward to this evening. Of course, we got the Stanley Cup playoffs. We're coming off a nice win yesterday. Vincent's betting reporter Josh Applebaum and I Getting a nice win with the Bruins last night. We'll see how we can fare out this evening. VGK looking to narrow down this series deficit from 2-0 to 2-1 against Colorado tonight. We'll let you know the update on the market movements. And not only that game, but the Montreal and Winnipeg matchup as well. And naturally, we've got plenty of NBA to look forward to. We've got updated series prices now that some other series have been established. We have the game tonight to look forward to. With the Mavericks and the Clippers, not only just the overall game, but we're going to be doing what we do best, and that's looking at these props. We're on quite the roll here with some of our NBA props. A nice sweep last night with some of our best bets, so looking to continue that on. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at DannyBerg5. I've been tweeting out some of these prices and bets before these numbers alter big time. Because that's what we saw with one of the bets uh, tonight that we'll be going through. A couple of them, rather. And had the same thing yesterday. So not only that, make sure you subscribe to VEASAN. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. 
get a hold of the daily emails with the best bets so you get the early plays before you miss the best shot on a lot of those numbers. But like we said, a big night in the NBA. I know it's just a solo game here, but you know, last night was a big night in the NBA as well, considering the first time LeBron James has been eliminated from the first round in a postseason. Now, what does this mean for the NBA? What does this mean for the postseason going forward? Well, it's going to be sort of strange, right? I mean, not seeing LeBron James go further into the playoffs. I know a lot of people probably not going to be as excited for this postseason going further, but I kind of disagree. I think it's almost like a brand new window, a different angle to look at for the future of the NBA. There's going to come a time where there's going to be no LeBron James, right? And you're kind of getting a glimpse into it now. You're seeing the future of this league with the likes of Nikola Jokic, Luka Doncic. These guys just going on an absolute tear as of late. And a team like the Phoenix Suns, who have been led by a veteran in Chris Paul, you're seeing the resurgence of him in a sense, but you're getting guys like Devin Booker going off like an absolute madman in the last game. And you're just kind of getting a new feel for the direction of how the association may be trending toward. And that's not a bad thing whatsoever. And I know because, you know, the Lakers, they're out. The Clippers may be out. You saw the teams like the Celtics out as well, too. Some of these big franchise squads that there may be some to be concerned about, but I really don't think so. I think it's an exciting direction to look forward to with the NBA playoffs. And more importantly, it just gives you an opportunity to become fans of these new guys and these new teams. So it's something different. You know, there's always complaints about, or complaints about, you know, no parity in this league. Well, you're seeing it this year. Absolutely. No doubt about that. The East may be a little bit different because it's considerably top heavy, but the Western Conference is wide open right now. And certainly with that matchup tonight that we'll be looking forward to with the Mavericks and the Clippers. But, you know, before we get into that a little bit, I did want to preview a little bit further along some of the updated series prices and kind of the other uh, angles you can look at that are unique. Because, for example, we did that with the Celtics and Nets series, and that's a great part of what's offered at books such as Bet Rivers. You can bet the series spread, the number of games played, the exact outcome, all that good stuff, along with your typical series price and game-to-game basis. But, for example, with the Nets and the Celtics, the way we handicapped it was that that series would end in under five and a half games played and laid about minus 167. Yes, it was chalky, but it did come to fruition, and we really liked it from the start, and we got a nice winner out of it. Now, I'm kind of looking to do the same type of angle with a couple different series here, and I haven't played anything officially yet, but I'm curious if there's a good look with this series matchup with the Nuggets and the Suns and then potentially the Sixers and the Hawks. Yes, we know that Joel Embiid is at least going to miss this next game, but you know what big or how big of an impact is that going to be, if anything, to start this series and further along? Because the Sixers have such a favorable path that it's not going to surprise me if they get a strong hold against this Atlanta team that, yes, they look very solid against this New York Knicks squad. But remember and consider this, that Julius Randle played nothing like we are accustomed to him playing throughout the whole regular season. And their offense was just completely inept that whole series. And that's not going to be the same case with Philadelphia, you would imagine, especially despite the injury of Joel Embiid, a team that was still able to deal with that adversity and get some dubs with him out. Once again, the show is Rush Hour, presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host, doing it live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook, per usual, right here in Displays, Illinois, out of the Rivers Casino. Plenty of betting action coming your way this Friday night. We're talking some basketball right now, looking at some updated series prices and kind of unique angles you can circle out looking forward to the second round of the NBA postseason. Don't worry, we'll be hitting some hockey as well with the Stanley Cup playoffs. A couple games to look forward to this evening. Baseball action as well and some props in the solo game in the NBA. Still looking to end the first round with the Mavericks and the Clippers. 
But what we were just talking about here is kind of looking at these more unique type of bets that you can do with the series. And I want to start here with the Suns and Nuggets outlook because if you're looking at the series price uh, currently at Bet Rivers, naturally this was posted today after the Nuggets defeated the Blazers yesterday and the Suns beating the Lakers. With the series price, the Suns are a minus 220 favorite. Okay, and then you get the Nuggets as the dog here at plus 175. Now, I know it was a huge win, and not only just from a game basis with the Suns, but series-wise, knocking out LeBron James and the Lakers, momentum for the Suns team. They got a tough draw in the first round. They caught some breaks with Anthony Davis being injured, but still arguably the better team in that series, even if he was fully healthy, we'll never know. But despite that, they have the Nuggets to look forward to. And, you know, the Suns team could be the best team in the West at this point. We really don't know because of how open it is. But does that warrant you to want to lay minus 220 for the series price? Personally, no, that's not the way I would look to handicap this. And I know a lot of people may see the Nuggets at plus 175 and think that's a viable option. And look, I'm not going to knock you if you have enough conviction on that. Good for you. The Nuggets played very well, and Jokic is unstoppable. There's no denying that. But I truly do think the Suns are the better team in this series, but I don't want to lay the minus 220. So again, like we were talking about what we did with the Celtics in the net series, total games played under 5.5. Instead of doing that, I'm kind of keeping it in the unique realm, but I'm doing it with a series spread. Now, I haven't bet this officially, but I think a decent look could be laying one and a half games with the Suns. Basically meaning that, you know, they would have to either sweep them, win in six, or win in five for you to cash your bet. They can't win in seven because that wouldn't get the job done. But if you look what happened in the regular season series, the Nuggets led that season series two to one. Both wins for the Nuggets came in overtime and on the road in Phoenix. Uh, one game went to double overtime too, but you also have to remember Jamal Murray was part of the team for all three of those games. Now also Aaron Gordon being a different addition is a completely different story, and Michael Porter Jr. didn't really come into the player that we see right now. So it, it was a while ago. You can't take that into account as much, but still important to look back on. Now you could always make the argument that you could bet the Suns for the exact series price to win in five games at 3-1, to one or for the Suns to win in six at four to one, and I get that, and you get a little bit better payout. But you get the added security with the fact that they could sweep the series too if you just lay the minus one and a half on the series spread with them, though that's probably unrealistic. Anything could happen. What if Jokic goes down with an injury? The Nuggets are going to be completely screwed. It, it's just a little bit more security, and you don't have to be as exact with it. So, again, I haven't bet it, but I think that could be a good angle looking to handicap the Suns and Nuggets series. The big questions here are, what is DeAndre Ayton going to be able to do to limit Jokic, if at all? Can he contain him whatsoever? The short answer, no, he's not going to be able to. But you saw how good of a series he had against the Lakers. It's not that he necessarily limited Anthony Davis. In the two games Davis played, the two full games, he dropped 34 points respectively. But offensively, DeAndre Ayton was able to come alive. And we know that the Nuggets were the worst and shooting accuracy, defending at the rim within four feet of the bucket, they rank dead last. So maybe Aiton still is able to produce offensively and go off. That's going to be a huge contribution to this Phoenix Suns team that really is, we know, solid defensively all around. And the big question also with this Nuggets team, can their backcourt hang with the Phoenix Suns backcourt? Chris Paul, Devin Booker, who's really going to limit them? You know, Aaron Gordon might have to play a little bit smaller. Michael Porter Jr., we'll see what he can do defensively. But even guys like Jay Crowder who can kill you from deep like we saw last night. And also, we saw um, the likes of Mikel Bridges always being a stud player. He can help you out defensively as well. So a lot of pieces, I think, are just better and more valuable for the Suns as compared to the Nuggets. Phoenix ranks six in defensive points per possession, 111.5. And Denver offensively, 
Uh, you look at them, they were fifth, 118 points per 100 possessions. But this is where Denver slacks, and that's defensively, as we just alluded to, 11th in defensive points per possession. Phoenix is sixth offensively. So they're pretty much neck and neck offensively, but defensively, Phoenix has the advantage, like we said, sixth compared to Denver being 11th. And that's why I kind of think Phoenix is a good spot in this series. Again, haven't played it officially, but take a look at some of those series spread if you don't want to lay as high of a price like minus 220. Look for them that lay the minus one and a half, or you could always do the four to one exact, four to two exact. You get four to one odds and three to one odds if you think the Suns can win in five or six games. Now, kind of the same thought process here with the Sixers matchup against the Hawks. Yes, Joel Embiid's injury is a major concern, especially for the fact that we got the Sixers plus 440 to win the Eastern Conference. This series price currently, we're seeing the Sixers minus $2, the Hawks plus 160. I, this one I could actually would maybe be convinced to lay the $2 for them to win this series. They led the season series 2-1. to one, But at the same time, I think you also look to laying the 1.5 with the series spread with the Sixers. And in this spot, you're getting a little bit of plus money, plus 107. Philly, third in defensive points per possession throughout the regular season. Atlanta was ninth offensively. Philly was 13th offensively. Atlanta was 17th defensively. So again, Philly, one of the deepest teams. I think they are the deepest team in the East. Even with them beat out, they should be able to handle this Atlanta Hawks team. And I think people are overreacting just a little bit to Joel Embiid. And yes, in the long run, if they get past the Hawks, they're probably going to be in big trouble whether they're playing the Bucks or the Nets. But in this series against Atlanta, a Hawks team that beat up on a Knicks offense that couldn't do anything, and defensively, they just shot well enough from beyond the arc to succeed. That's why I, see, I think the Sixers here might be another good angle, too, because you're getting them at a premium price without Joel Embiid. So minus one and a half on the series price for the Sixers. Not too shabby as well. And again, getting a little bit of a plus price, plus 107. But all right, we'll revisit the NBA. We got plenty of props to dissolve and, of course, the full game with the Clippers and the Mavericks. But first, let's talk a little bit of baseball. Special guest coming on. We've had him on before. Does great work covering Major League Baseball as a writer and podcaster over at Fangraphs. And that's Paul Sporer, who you can follow on the tweets at Sporer. And, Paul, I know we got you on a little bit later, so all our apologies. But we'll kind of rifle through some of these games tonight. And let's start with the Southsiders, the White Sox taking on the Tigers. Chicago minus 152 in this spot. Detroit plus 128. Dallas Keuchel, the southpaw, taking the bump. And you would think that against the Tigers, maybe the White Sox would be laying a little bit more. But, you know, maybe Keuchel just not that good this season and a little bit harder to trust. How do you see this one going down in Chicago? Yeah, you know, I am a Tigers fan, so I'm pretty dialed in on this one. And, uh, you know, I know not to overrate my team. They're not very good. But you look at this match and you, you bring up an interesting point of, like, why aren't the White Sox a bigger favorite? I think it's because Spencer Turnbull is going for the Tigers, who is very good himself. He's running a sub-3 ERA. He has the no-hitter this year. You know, I don't think he's necessarily a sub-3 type of pitcher, but he's definitely been doing very good work this year. So I think that that brings the number a bit closer to where you could maybe consider the Tigers. Yes, they have the highest strikeout rate in the league against lefties, but Dallas Keuchel's not necessarily somebody who's going to take big advantage of that. So, you know, I don't mind an underdog play here. At the very least, I'd probably say that I'd rather not play the White Sox. If it's either a layoff or I'm going to go with the Tigers on this one. Okay, so going with the Tigers against the White Sox, our Chicago audience not going to be happy with that result from your answer, Paul. But look, I mean, really, when you look at the advanced uh, analytics for each pitcher, yeah, Turnbull's been a little bit better. So we'll see what that can be 
come of, especially because, look, this White Sox team against righties not as good as Southpaws, and they have gone through their lulls. So it'll be interesting to see if the Tigers can make it interesting tonight. Again, you can get them as a slight dog at about plus 128 first pitch at about 7.10 p.m. Central time. Let's look at another game right around that similar time frame with the Cardinals and the Reds here, Paul. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you're a pretty big Reds guy yourself as well, and Luis Castillo yeah. taking the bump, and he has been <laughs> abysmal this season. A 1-8, oh. 7.22 ERA, 4.28 XFIP, which, you know, isn't awful, but the whip is high as 1.78. The Cardinals, they did lose last night. Do you think they bounce back here as a minus-134 favorite? I, I really think they do. You know, you, you mentioned that I do like this red squad, and I, I, I see a lot of talent there. And obviously, Gray and Castillo have kind of held them back. Uh, last year, it was the offense. This year, it's actually the pitching, interestingly enough. It's not a good enough number to take Castillo here. And honestly, we're at a point that until we see something credible for two, maybe three starts in a row, he's not really trustworthy. So I, I would need a bigger number. Kong Young Kim's quite good. Uh, for the Cardinals, they have a good offense. I like a lot of pieces in their bullpen there. So, yeah, I'm going to go cards here uh, until I can really see something out of Castillo. I just I just can't get around to trusting him right now. And speaking of trust or lack thereof with the Reds, it's kind of infuriating watching this team because you know they have the pieces there. They just can't put it together consistently. But, Paul, they're 14-1 to to win the NL Central, and they're not too far out, about six games. Is that high enough value for you to take a little bit of a piece of that, or do you still just have to wait to see what they're capable of? You know, that's a round of, uh, spot where I would be interested. You know, obviously, if, if, I, if, if somebody liked the Reds the way I do and they were already in from the preseason, maybe I would get in here again and get a better number uh, because they are four games under and they, they've had some things not go their way. I still believe in the overall talent of this team. I think the offense is still really sharp. I think their bullpen, once it kind of smooths out, Lucas Sims is finally getting going in the right direction. Uh, TJ Antone's been great all year. Now they need to figure out something with Amir Garrett and some of the other pieces in their bullpen. But I, I would still, I'd still be open to fourteen to one for the division here. I still think this division's wide open. The Cubs have surprised. Uh, I've been, you know, famously disinterested in them and, and ranted against them uh, on this channel multiple times. Their pitching is impressing me. I still am not fully, fully sold on them, though, as like a runaway winner. I think the Cards, Brewers, and Reds are all going to be in this. 14-1 to 1 isn't too bad for the Reds. I might do another full unit there uh, if I was already in on them in the preseason the way I was. It's funny. Like, look, Paul, I'm a dire Cubs fan, grew up a dire Cubs fan, but I'm with you, too. It just seems too good to be true with how the Cubs are playing right now. So I'm holding off, and especially now that the value's gone down to plus 350, I think you wait a little bit because it's going to probably be a three-man race by the time we come toward October, September, before October, obviously, September, August, and those months. So uh, NL Central is going to be fun to watch dissolve. But, yeah, a lot of teams toward the top is probably what the end result is going to be. Uh, let's move out a little bit more toward the West Coast. So, Paul, let's go to Coors Field. The Rockies taking on the A's. Montas versus John Gray. Gray, you know, not too bad this year. 4.27 XBIP. Montas has been up and down. He's kind of been a hard guy to handicap for me personally. However, it looks like the market's moving in favor of Oakland. They're up to minus 143. And naturally, since we're at Coors Field, a high total we are seeing at 11. Who do you like in this matchup? I am a huge Frankie Montas fan. I, I've been kind of backing him the last several years. So I've continued that this year, and he has been a little bit up and down. Some of his tougher matchups have proven to be difficult on him. I will say this, though. 
I think in Coors, it's hard to do anything more than a coin flip, even with the Rockies being bad, even with John Gray. You know, like you said, he's not been too bad, but he's certainly not a stud or anything. I think I need closer to a coin flip. So as much as I like Montas and that A's squad, I'm probably going to lay off there just because of the volatility of Coors itself, the park, and no seat, no no lead is safe type of deal. So maybe a first five is something I would entertain with Montas. Otherwise, I don't think I can go anywhere but probably the dog, even though that Colorado team is very bad. But that park covers a lot of woes. All right, then let's go Cubs and Giants in San Fran. The Giants got the dub last night, 7-2. to The Cubs coming back here as a slight dog once again, minus 104. San Francisco minus 112. This total we're seeing at about 8.5. San Francisco, uh, they've been a hot team really this whole year, Paul. But, look, the Cubs have two, and it was kind of a tough spot yesterday. San Francisco had the off day in between. But now that they're kind of even up in a sense, you think the Cubs bounce back here? Or does San Fran continue to roll? Uh, what I would say is I wouldn't necessarily go for either side there. If I were, I would probably lean Cubs against the Giants. But i go for that over, 8.5 with Kazmir and Arietta. You know, the Kazmir the second rebirth year for him. You know, he had that few years off and then came back uh, a few years ago. He's been off again and he's coming back. I'm excited by that. I love stories like that. Reclamation projects of guys that have come out after several years off. That's great and all, but uh, that doesn't mean I want to put my money on somebody like that. who's probably going to be very volatile at this point. So I would, again, go for the over on this one if I was going to do anything. If I was going to play a side, I think I would go for the Cubs. They got a little bit of a better number there. Although I think you mentioned that both both teams are minus right now. Understandably so. This is a pretty even matchup. All right, Paul. Then let's hit the Padres and the Mets. San Diego squeaking out the dub last night over the Mets. 4-3. to three. Tonight they're throwing out the Southpaw, Blake Snell. They're minus 175. The Mets plus 150 with Lucchese on the bump. Short total here at 7. It seems like it's almost too decent a value to pass up with the Mets, despite how good the Padres have been. We've got about 45 seconds left, but how do you really handicap this one in San Diego? Yo, this one is definitely difficult here because I like Blake Snell a lot. In fact, we're a little bit of friends on the internet here. We're Twitch buddies because uh, he's a streamer, I'm a streamer, so we're homies. And I love my guy, but I, I got to go against him here. That's way too big of a number for what he's doing this year uh, with the way he's been pitching. You know, he would admit himself he doesn't have his command of his stuff, particularly that changeup, which he has fallen in love with. And I think that that makes the Mets an interesting play here. Now, Joey Lucchese isn't very good himself, which means I'm hammering the over. I mean, I don't know how it's only seven and a half with Lucchese and Snell unless Noah Syndergaard has in, inhabited Lu, Joey Lucchese's body because otherwise I don't quite understand why it's only seven and a half. Maybe it's just because the Mets and Padres are both quality teams, but I'm going to go with the over here. And I think if I'm going to make a play on the, either side, I got to go Mets just because they're a heavy dog against a struggling Blake Snell. I love you, Blake, but uh, you got to show me that you're ready to, to move forward here before I can, before I can put you at minus 170, you know? That's right. Hey, that's how you know you can trust Paul Spore, ladies and gentlemen. He is fading his spread and looking toward the Mets and setting. Hey, that totally even better at seven. So look for the over, as Paul alluded to. Paul, we're up against it, my man. As always, appreciate you taking some time, and we'll look forward to catching up again soon. Sounds great. Thank you so much for having me on. Take care. At Spore on Twitter. Great conversation surrounding baseball tonight, but let's switch it up. Go to the ice. We're talking playoff hockey next right here on Rush Hour. Two. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex-
National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs starting on March 13th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. the most out of all odds with Bet Rivers daily hometown discounts on boost on all of your favorite teams only at your hometown sportsbook to make your experience even more rewarding Bet Rivers offers the most live streams of major sports along with instant payouts and only one time playthrough offer valid in Illinois only must be 21 or older gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER not valid for any participant the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program once again to get a hold of the daily hometown discount check it out BetRivers.com Back at it here on Rush Hour, all on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke, your host, broadcasting live out of the Bed River Sportsbook. You can follow me on Twitter at DannyBurke5 and the Vegas Stats and Information Network on the tweets at VEASAN Live. Big thanks to Paul Spore for hopping on for a little bit, talking some MLB action tonight. Still to come, we'll be talking hoops and some NHL later with Amal Shaw, co-host of the Nuts, right here on VEASAN. The Sports Betting Network. And speaking of some hockey, let's get you a quick preview of the game that's about to drop uh, drop puck at center ice any moment. Winnipeg and Montreal. Unfortunately, the Jets are the team that snapped their 15-game NHL winning streak. But tonight, looking at the odds, is there a betting opportunity? Unfortunately, I don't necessarily see one, but uh, let's stack up these odds regardless for you. Winnipeg, they open about minus 115. At Bet Rivers, we see the minus 110. The Canadians, minus 105. That's been pretty steady thus far. 
Total at five and a half. You've seen a little bit of attention go toward the under. It's at minus 130 chalk toward the under. The over for some plus value, plus 110. So again, the Canadians got the dub in game one, five to three. Looks like it's going to be Price versus Hellebuck once again. In that game one performance, Canadians outshot the Jets 33 to 30. However, Winnipeg out, uh, out hit them 42 to 24, including that big hit by Shifley on Jake Evans. Four game suspension he will serve. Will that be a big revenge factor for Montreal tonight? Certainly could be the case. And the Canadians also won in terms of the faceoffs 27 to the Jets 25. So, look, you know, as much as I want to bet Winnipeg here because, one, I think they're the better team, and two, I keep saying I've been fading the Canadians. We did so well with fading the Canadians during the regular season, but this postseason, they've just been on a tear. So I don't really want to step in front of the train that they have going right now and especially trying to play for their boy Jake Evans after that gruesome hit. That's something you don't really want to mess with too much. So, again, if you don't want to really dabble with either side because the market in terms of the money line seems like they don't really know what to do, maybe just a little bit more attention toward Montreal, maybe take a look at that under 5.5. I know it's juiced that way, minus 130, but that seems to be garnering a little bit more attention as opposed to the money line. But all right, let's look at the later game tonight in Sin City. VGK, man, it was a close one in the last game, dropping it 3-2 to two after falling in the first game 7-1. to one. Uh, look, they outshot them 41-25, to 25, did the Golden Knights over the Avalanche in Game 2. In this game, virtually a pick -em. This one hasn't altered one way or the other. I mean, the Avalanche minus 109 at Bet Rivers compared to VGK minus 108. This total at 5.5. The under's been getting some love, actually. Uh, the over's even money, but the under we see is the favorite here, minus 118. Now, VGK also won a majority of the face-offs in Game 2, 36-28. Big difference here was that BGK got six penalties against them. So six power play opportunities did the Avalanche have, and they connected on two of them. Now, conversely, BGK had three power play opportunities, and they connected on one of them. So, look, percentage-wise, they were the same, but still, for BGK, you can't be allowing that many power play opportunities to this Avalanche team. They are going to take advantage of that and make you regret Having that been done, I mean, that's always going to happen in any situation, yes, most of the time, but especially against this Colorado Avalanche team after falling 7-1 in the first game. Now, I, I think BGK still is live in this series. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to bet it. By any stretch of the imagination, I don't want to have to risk that, but they're a good enough team to keep up with Colorado. It's just you got to be proven otherwise. You just need to get that one win and gain some momentum, and tonight could be the start of that because, again, they outplayed them when you look at the stat sheet. And I know that the Avalanche are a deeper team, a little bit healthier, faster with the skates, but EGK has the capability. The momentum going back home to T-Mobile Arena might not be a bad look, but if you're betting this one with some strong conviction on VGK, God bless you because Colorado is just so dang good as of this point. And more so if you had the argument for the Avalanche saying, well, you're probably not going to see them at minus 109 on the money line for the rest of the series, especially if they win. Completely understand that too. But if you want to see some of the bigger movement, once again, the total seems to be the side where you can understand that a little bit more. And the under seems to be the direction it's headed. Minus 118 for 5.5 toward the under in terms of the total for VGK and Colorado. All right, we'll touch on that game a little bit later with the Mall Shaw. He's a big hockey fan, so we'll see if he's got any strong leans one way or the other. I got a play in the NBA tonight regarding the Mavericks and Clippers game. Will Luka Doncic have a night from beyond the arc? I'll let you know next, as well as just the overall handicap of the game. And how about Tim Hardaway? He's done well for us as of late. Let's see if he does it again. We'll talk all of that coming up next here on Rush Hour. 
There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. Five to six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs starting on March 13th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. Oh, my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. You all know the Belmont Stakes is Saturday evening, and the VEASAN horse racing experts are analyzing the horses, track conditions, and prior race results to find the betting edge for you. Our team is here to get you ready to make your best bet on the final race of the Triple Crown, so visit VEASAN.com horses to find our full race coverage, special offers from our partners, including a $20 credit at the VEASAN store, along with picks from horse racing specialists, including Dave Tooley, Ron Flatter, Jeff Siegel, Billy Ball, and Jeremy Plonk, all at VSIN.com slash horses. It is Beeson, the sports betting network, and the show is Rush Hour. Presented by Bet Rivers, I'm Danny Burke, live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook right here in Des Plaines, Illinois, at the Rivers Casino. The sportsbook is packed, folks. We got early baseball action, that early hockey playoff game as well with the Jets and the Canadians. We have the Avalanche and VGK to look forward to, and an NBA postseason game tonight, potentially an eliminating game for the Clippers will be taking on the Mavericks. And in this spot, Los Angeles on the road, despite having their issues really this whole series, they did get their two victories on the road. They're laying three in this spot. Minus 148 on the money line, plus 120 on the buyback for Doncic and the Mavericks. This total at about 216 and a half. 
Honestly, I'm completely torn because it, it just seems like the Clippers would be the right move here because I still think they're the better, more talented team. We were talking with JVTV since senior NBA analyst yesterday, and he was kind of thinking the same thing. But at the end of the day, it's just right when you think the Clippers should do what they should do, they just disappoint you. It's inevitable. So I'm just opting to stay away from the spread and the total. But again, you know what we do best here, and that's look at the props. Now let's talk about the man himself, Luka Doncic, with his points prop. And 29 and a half is what we saw last night, actually. And I saw it there at about minus 134, shaded to the over, and I thought, man, this is going to move up. Should I play it? And, you know, I, I did like it, but it seemed like it was too easy of an option to go that way because Luka's been absolutely dominant. Now it's up to the likes of about 31 and a half, still shaded minus 134 to the over. But, you know, that's the only way you can look still because he's averaging 35 per game this postseason series, and he's gone over this mark in the majority of the games. When you're looking at Luka, 48% of his shots are coming from mid-range, 35% from beyond the arc. He's connecting on 45% from both areas. It's absolutely insane. You're assuming he's healthy and the neck isn't going to bother him. The only way that he got limited was because of that neck pain. So if he's healthy, you got to imagine he goes over this number of 31.5, 29.5, either one. That's the only angle I would look at for Doncic with the points prop going over. But more importantly, a number you can still get, however, the odds in itself uh, completely shifted. Again, follow me on Twitter at DannyBurk5 because I've been looking at these the night before and you know tweeting them out before they move because you can kind of tell when it's going to go in one direction or the other. We've had it happen several times this past week. The one that I tweeted out yesterday was Luka Doncic's two-and-a-half three-point field goals made. I bet it the over minus 152. Now it's up to about minus 210. Uh, the under's at about plus 160 now, but it was plus 120. So I played the over because, look, Luka's averaging about five three-point field goals made per game on over 11 attempts. He's gone over two-and-a-half in four out of five games. Again, the only game he didn't go over was the game where he dropped 19 points, went one of seven from beyond the arc. That was the neck pain game. And he also went over this mark in two out of three regular season games against the Clippers as well. So, look, two and a half is so short. I mean, he went six of 12 from beyond the arc in game five, one of seven in that bad neck game, seven of 13 in game three, five of 13 in game two, and five of 11 in game one. And they're putting the number at two and a half. Absolutely look toward the over here with Luka Doncic. 210 is tough to lay. I get it. But, man, they're kind of giving you a great number right here. And that's why I laid minus 152. And I would still lay minus 10 if I hadn't got in on it yet because I think it's a great spot here for Doncic. They're giving you two and a half. He has cruised over that in several games against the Clippers. Now, speaking of three-point field goals made, what about our boy Timmy Hardaway Jr.? We've already cashed in on this prop with him twice so far this series. Two and a half is where we see it. Once again, shaded to the over was about minus 148. Uh, last I saw it even trickled up to minus 162. But with Hardaway, half of his shots are coming from beyond the arc this postseason, and he's making half of them. The Clippers are allowing the Mavericks to shoot over 44% from beyond the arc this postseason series compared to them allowing opponents to shoot 36%. So the Clippers have been worse defensively in terms of the three-point mark. Uh, Tim Hardaway, game one, went five of nine from beyond the arc. Game two, six of eight. Game three, four of six. Game four, he went 0 of four. The only time he didn't go over then he bounced back in game five and went three of ten. Even in the regular season in three games against the Clippers, he went over two and a half three-point field goals made in each spot. So seven out or excuse me, seven out of eight games overall, he's gone over this mark against the Clippers. And four out of five in this postseason series, he's averaging about four three-pointers made against the Clippers this whole season on about 7.6 attempts. So even though it's chalked up minus 162, I didn't make this play officially. 
I don't know why, just, you know, a little bit higher than I wanted to get with Tim because he struggled these past two games. I know he went over it in game five, but just three of ten from the floor. He's been a little bit rustier and then 0-4 the game prior. So I didn't make this one an official play, but be on the lookout. Tim Hardaway has gone over this in every single game except one in every matchup against the Clippers. So over two and a half would be the very strong lean once again with Tim Hardaway in regards to three-point field goals made tonight against the Clippers. Now, speaking of the Clippers, what about a guy in Reggie Jackson and his points prop tonight? I was actually going to go over it the last time we were previewing the game, but I decided I didn't have as much conviction with it, even just to discuss it as a lean. And lo and behold, he went over it with 20 points. And you're still getting a good price here with Reggie Jackson. I mean, 13 and a half, and the over is the dog at even money. The under is the favorite, minus 127. Look, he's averaging 13.6 his playoff series, but he's gone over 13 and a half. And all games being four out of five, so except for the one where he just dropped two points, and that was game one. After that, dropped 15, 16, 15, and 20. Now, another guy who makes his bread from beyond the arc, 68% of his shots from three. He's making about 40% of them. Mavericks allowing the Clippers to shoot just 37% from beyond the arc, so they're actually defending it fairly well, but they're allowing 40% of the Clippers' shot attempts to come from three-point range. So I, I honestly thought this would be more in the range of either 14 and a half or if it was 13 and a half, I figured the over would be the slight favorite or it would be a pick them like they usually do minus 113 each way. So if you're getting Reggie Jackson at 13 and a half with the over even money, remember he's gone over this mark in four out of five games so far this series. Heck, I think that's a solid play as well. Didn't make it an official one, but Reggie Jackson over 13 and a half for even money could be a solid look in terms of a player prop on the Clippers. But in summation, the player we are rolling with, Luka Doncic, over two and a half three-point field goals made. That's why it's valuable to subscribe to VEASAN as well, folks. VEASAN.com slash subscribe so you can get the best number earlier in the day. So we send you those emails with not only my best bets, but the rest of the VEASAN guests and hosts all on our network 24-7. But I laid minus 152. It's up to minus 210 right now. Maybe a little bit chalky, but I'm thinking this is a gift from Bet Rivers at two and a half. He has cruised over this in every single game except one this series, and that's because he was injured in that spot, went one of seven from beyond the arc. Got to imagine he's at least getting three. At least that's what we're hoping for. And as always, best of luck if you tell with our bet in the NBA tonight with Luka Doncic. All right, let's get some more bets, not only in the NBA, but NHL as well. Amal Shaw, host of the Nuts, joins us next here on Rush Hour. Remember to get the most out of all odds with Bet Rivers. You get daily hometown discounts on all the booths, on all of your favorite teams, only at your hometown sportsbook. And to make your experience even more rewarding, Bet Rivers offers the most live streams of major sports, along with instant payouts and only one time playthrough. Offer valid in Illinois only, must be 21 or older. Gambling from Call 1 800 Gambler. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self exclusion program. But to get a hold of the hometown discount, check it out, Bet Rivers. And we are live out of the Bet River Sportsbook. Danny Burke, your host. Thank you for joining us here on Rush Hour. Wrapping up a Friday edition. It's been a fun week and a successful one with some of our picks, and we're looking to keep it rolling with our Luka Doncic over two and a half three-point field goals made bet tonight. Let's look for some more action. And for that, we bring on fellow VEASAN host, co-host of the Nuts, Amal Shaw. And you can follow him on Twitter at Amal Shaw one now, Amal, I know you're a big hockey fan, and you're out there in the West Coast in Las Vegas, so a big night for all of you out there in Sin City. VGK hosting the Colorado Avalanche, and, man, it, VGK on the stat sheet pretty much outplayed the Avalanche, but Colorado took advantage of those power play opportunities. This one virtually a pick -em, total at 5.5 shaded to the under. 
can VGK finally get a win in this series, or do you maybe look to taking advantage of the shorter price with Colorado? Uh, Danny, great question. I would look towards VGK. I actually thought they were completely the better team in game number two. Unfortunately, the pucks just, the bounces just didn't go their way. I think they've got a great chance to come back here and get this series at 2-1. Remember, this is a team that basically it was one game or one point that would have been a differential in terms of them having the home ice advantage. And I think uh, VGK is now being overlooked. Game number one, Robin Leonard played, hadn't played in 21-plus uh, days. And you saw the rust on him. They came off a taxing seven-game series. Uh, as much as I think Colorado's going to advance, I don't think the series is over with. I mean, if they get one game here tonight, uh, fortunes could change very quickly. So I'd look at Vegas plus the price here on this one. Yeah, and that seems like it could certainly be the right move because I think you're right that a lot of people are kind of overlooking this VGK team because all you're hearing about is the dominance of Colorado. While they are living up to the hype, VGK is still a really strong squad. Now, if the Golden Knights are able to pull out this victory, Amal, how would you look to bet game four? I'm assuming it would probably be a similar price, and then would you maybe take advantage of, of the avalanche in that game? Yeah, I would. I also think, to your point, there's a great question uh, in terms of the follow-up, Danny, because, look, Colorado, if they win this game, I mean, I know there have been four teams in the history of the NHL that have come back from 0-3 deficit. It's probably not likely that it's going to be the Golden Knights against this Colorado team, but a 2-1. I think you get a greater sense of urgency out of the avalanche than you would have in game three. It's not to suggest you're implied. They're not going to be fired up and ready to go tonight, but it's human nature. It's just the way it is. We understand that Vegas is night, uh, Vegas nights are backs are against the wall. And it's an opportunity for them here really to make a statement. If they're going to be in this series, if not, it could be curtains. All right, I'm all, let's kind of wrap it up with hockey here and look forward to some NBA tonight as well. We're very excited for VGK, but even a little bit more excited for this Clippers and Mavericks game because like, you never know what you're going to get out of Los Angeles, and tonight is a perfect example of that. However, we see L.A. as a three-point road favorite where they've had success this series thus far. Total at 216.5. It looks like neither the spread or total really has altered whatsoever do you have a strong play on this one? Because I just really don't have a read as of this point. Danny, I couldn't agree with you more. I don't either. I think <laughs> this is a stay-away spot. But I like the one you mentioned when you came back on the air after the commercial, which was Luka Doncic over two-and-a-half three-pointers. I'm with you on that one. Look, if he doesn't exceed it, that's fine. But I think it's a good bet. That one's going to go over probably more likely than not if the Mavericks are going to have a fighting chance tonight. The other play that I like in this one, you can get it on DraftKings, is um, – Luka Doncic to have a double-double minus 125. Now, granted, he's had only two double-doubles in this series, but the third, uh, I think it was game number three, he came within a rebound or an assist. He had nine and nine in those categories. Uh, just had an opportunity to get a double-double. So I think Luka should have a pretty decent game. i like him to get a double-double here. Yeah, minus 125, not bad at all. And, you know, like you said, I mean, he hasn't gone over it in a majority of the games, but you also have to consider the one bad game he was dealing with the neck issues, and he came very close in right. the other matchup. Right. So certainly could be a viable option for Doncic tonight. Uh, again, kind of just looking forward, though, Amal, if the Clippers win this game, how do you handicap Game 7? That is that just a complete toss-up, or do you kind of go with the trend and then look to back the Mavericks in the next game? You know, I'm not sure if this Clippers team's ever going to wake up. I'm not a big fan of Tyron Lue. I think Kawhi Leonard's a tremendous player, but I don't think he's a great leader. And I think you see it reflected in terms of the Clippers' play. Look, if this team was halfway decent, I get them dropping the first two games. The, uh, the Mavericks shot the ball extremely well, particularly from the three-point arc. But 
in game five, you have a great opportunity at home, and you get smoked. I mean, Danny, they, they just didn't have a chance in this one. That's pathetic. That This team is not elite. Now, they have a chance against the Dallas team that is not an upper echelon team in the Western Conference. That's not to take anything away from the Mavs because the Western Conference is so tough. But I don't think even if the Clippers win this series, if they come back and win six and seven, they're going to be able to make that much noise in the Western Conference because you're looking at potential, these matchups, how tough they can be. Uh, the Clippers could be potentially looking at 21 games just to get out of the Western Conference. Yeah, that would be gruesome. And again, this Clippers team, you know, hand up. I, I thought they were the deepest team coming in to it this season. A lot of people did, and obviously last year too, but they just find a way to disappoint. It just seems year after year. So we'll see what they could do tonight. But the Mavericks have had the stronghold as of this point, and you see Dallas catching three. Once again, that total circulating about 216 and a half. All right, Amal, let's look forward to tomorrow night, 6.30 p.m. Central Time tip-off. You got the Nets and the Bucks. Brooklyn, they were opening at about a four-point favorite. Now it's up to four and a half, total at 239 and a half. Now, the Bucks obviously missing Dante DiVincenzo, and, you know, thinking out loud, you may not think it's that big of an impact, but in the postseason, he's a valuable player who can contribute in other parts of the stat sheet. And the Nets are over to, or they're right at $2, actually, to win the series. But my thought process is, if you don't want to bet the series price, maybe the Bucks sneak out a Game 1, Game 2 victory and then jump in on the Nets with the series. But what's kind of your thought process with the series price and then this Game 1 matchup? Yeah, I like the point you made about seeing if Milwaukee's able to steal one in Brooklyn. You mentioned DiVincenzo. I think he's a guy that maybe people may not be as well-versed with, but he's a big part of the rotation. You know, he's going to play 20-plus minutes. He's a guy that's going to be in there. He's going to contribute double-digit score. So it's going to impact them somewhat. But at the end of the day, I think it's going to come down to their defense. Can Holiday, Middleton, and Yana slow down the big three of Brooklyn? I think they might be able to in some spots or in certain games, but I don't think they'll be able to do it enough in four out of seven games. I would actually love to see Milwaukee win just from a, just a viewer perspective or just as a fan perspective, but I think it's going to be Brooklyn. The talent is just too great. When you look at the scoring abilities of Durant, of Harden, and then, of course, Kyrie Irving's ability in late-game situations really makes them a tough team to slow down. Now, I know the spread's not that big in favor of Brooklyn, just four and a half like we alluded to, but because of how good defensively Milwaukee can be, do you think that this could be a series, a game-by-game -game basis, to where Brooklyn could be a good in-game betting squad? They could get off to a slow start because of how good defensively Milwaukee starts and then take advantage of the better number? Would that be a way to handicap Brooklyn potentially? It's a great point. I think when you look at this one, if I were to bet game one, I'm not going to touch this one because I think it's a really good number. But I would lean towards Milwaukee here plus four and a half. Now, if I was looking to take Brooklyn, I would hope that the Bucks, you know, jump out to a six, eight, nine point lead early on. And then Brooklyn can mount a comeback, but take them at that point in time, maybe minus a point, point and a half, or depending on what you get the in-game number at. So for me, it really comes down to sometimes finding a better number. I talked about it recently on our show uh, in terms of the Denver-Portland uh, game. Wait and see you get a better number with Portland in game number five. You could have gotten them plus 10.5, 11.5 in game. They cover those numbers, didn't cover the original number of two, and it was Denver uh, who eventually won that game by seven in game five. So I think you're right. That's something really important in this situation with Brooklyn and Milwaukee. Yeah, live betting can be your best friend from time to time, no doubt about that. Of all of them, finally, let's talk Hawks and Sixers. Philadelphia minus 215 on the series price. Atlanta plus 165 in game one. Philly laying three in the hook. Total at 220 and a half. Look, I think because of the path that Philadelphia has, despite missing Joel Embiid, they're still the team to win this series. And they played well without Embiid in the regular season. 
I don't know how I feel about game one per se, but I'm not too worried about the Sixers taking control of Atlanta in this series. What say you? I tend to agree with you. I think Philadelphia is a more complete basketball team. Look, Embiid is an absolute difference maker. Is it going to be a more challenging series without Embiid uh, if he doesn't play? Absolutely. But when you look at some of the talent, remember Ben Simmons' first overall pick, Matisse Thybul, elite-level defender, uh, Curry, a terrific shooter. Tobias Harris is a guy I think who gets uh, forgotten about simply because of Simmons and Embiid. But this is a guy that is a tremendous contributor, and he is what you need, the number three guy on a team that's willing to be a number three, and that's exactly what he is. I think Philadelphia's got a great chance. If you're Philly, you got two objectives in this series. First of all, obviously to win it. But more importantly, come out of here in five to six games and then be as healthy as you can and get ready to face potentially Brooklyn or Milwaukee because, in my opinion, that could be a more challenging series regardless of who comes out of the Western Conference. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Amal Shaw, ladies and gentlemen. You can follow him on Twitter, at Shaw one and co-host of the Nuts right here on VEASAN, Monday through Friday, 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern time. Does great work covering all the sports with his great valuable betting information. Amal, enjoy your Friday night and your weekend, and we'll look forward to talking again soon, my friend. Thank you, Danny. Appreciate it. There he is, Amal Shaw. Great insight when it comes to the NBA again. At game one with Philly and Atlanta, three and a half is where you're seeing it. Now, I necessarily or wouldn't necessarily lean toward the spread, and I'm not afraid to lay a price with the money line. Minus 152 is maybe where I'd go with Philadelphia. I'm always a little bit gun-shy, though, with game ones and postseasons, it seems to be the case. And, you know, Philadelphia without Joel Embiid, we saw it happen in the last game, so it's not going to be anything new. But maybe they get off to a little bit slower of a start. However, I do agree with them all. I think Philadelphia has the big advantage still, despite Joel Embiid being absent for who knows how long. I like Philadelphia in this series. Defensively, they are the best team in the East. They're deep enough offensively to keep up. And Philadelphia, compared to New York, a completely different beast for this Atlanta Hawks squad. But all right, if you didn't catch it earlier, the one play we're rolling with tonight in terms of the NBA postseason, how about Luka Doncic over two and a half, three-point field goals made. I laid minus 152. It is up to about minus 210 now. If you're not afraid to lay a price, I think they're giving you a great number there, that Bet Rivers, so go ahead and check that one out. And as always, best of luck if you tail with any of our plays. Big thanks to Paul Spore for talking some baseball and a ball talking hockey and basketball. Thanks to all of you for tuning in. Best of luck with all your wagers. Enjoy the weekend. We'll catch up here on Monday on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. 
Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs starting on March 13th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 